This is the Magic Convention Guide podcast for the 12th of February 2010. In this podcast, we get you ready for Blackpool by talking with Franz Harari. Welcome to the Magic Convention Guide podcast. Uh, today we welcome international illusionist Franz Harari. Welcome. Wow, international illusionist. I, I'm pretty good about that. <laughs> I just like hearing that in a British in a British accent. At first few, there's no accent, I guess. For, for me, it sounds one more dignified. No, but, but I think when people hear me talk, there's very much an accent. So, uh, listen, let, let's get straight down to it. I know you're busy. Um, talk to us about your magical influence growing up. Wow. Well, um, I started doing this when I was you know, 13 years old quite a while ago. And I wanted to be Doug Henning. I mean, I really wanted to be him. I went out and got the jumpsuit, the sash, the whole thing. Uh, and then I, I think what happens, you know, it's, it's the case with most of us. We kind of, uh, we start out wanting to be someone, and eventually, you know, you know, sooner, sooner or later, we figure out who we are, and then it kind of switches over, and, and it, and that's really when it becomes art. But uh, I did Doug for a while. Then I think, like all of us. Uh, for a very brief moment, I wanted to become Copperfield. I think that lasted about a weekend or so. <laughs> and then uh, it sort of started devolving really into, um, uh, you know, to my work uh, in the music industry. Uh, I got a pretty lucky break in 1984 with, with Michael Jackson designing all the magic for the history tour. I'm sorry, the victory tour. Cool. And, uh, you know, hanging out with Michael and becoming his friend and really being thrown into that world of, of American pop culture. I think that's what influenced me more than anything, and uh, that's who, uh, you know, those are the people who really drove my uh, my image as a magician, you know, certainly um, you know, to, to a degree my, my personality at stage, um, and, uh, and that then carried me through for the next, you know, 30 years, 25 years, oh my gosh, I sound old, you know. <laughs> Now, I mean, just touching on, on, on sort of the Michael Jackson uh, topic there, I mean, you've worked with pretty much every major recording artist known to man. Um, tell, us about how, <laughs> tell us about how you grow that relationship with the artist from the initial idea to developing it into live performance. You know, it's um, like every art form. I believe it needs to come from the artist you're with. You need to figure out who you're talking to, who you're working with, who are they? What drives them? What And really, if they were really magic, if they were Harry Potter, what would they do? In other words, you start with the image, you start with the, uh, the effect, and then you back engineer and figure out how to get there. I've seen a lot of, uh, I've seen a lot of shows that are driven not by effect, but rather by literally the equipment. Well, we've got a box that'll make three people appear. How can we use that? <laughs> and more often than not, what you end up with is uh, this very jarring, disconjunct moment in a show where suddenly a show, a show is going along and, and the audience is there with the experience and suddenly everything stops and you wheel out a box and everybody goes, oh, okay, this is the, the magic segment. Hmm. I think that's just really, that's just the kiss of death. So you need to... Uh, reverse engineer the whole thing really you need to figure out who who are you working with uh, what does their show look like and then figure out how to take what you do and integrate it in such a way 
that the effect becomes completely, uh, you know, indigenous to the environment, certainly, and and you know, organic to the moment. Excellent. Very cool. Now, many would say you're already at the top of your of your game, your field. What's next? Any major plans? <laughs> Boy, if I'm at the top of my field, I should just call it quit right now. I don't think any of us ever think that that this is it. We've arrived. I think the moment you believe that, you're dead. So, um, you know, for me, I, I, I think I'm far from it. For one, pop music and, and pop culture keeps evolving. So it's really a never-ending, uh, you know, it's a never-ending game. Uh, right now, what's happening is it, it goes in waves. Uh, for example, in the early 90s in the United States, um, pop music and the concert industry took a weird spin. It kind of went to, to grunge and to the whole unplug movement, which is really bad for magic because people didn't want to do super real effects. So I had to look around and go, okay, how do I take what I do and, and, and make it work? And I ended up designing a lot of stuff that uh, looked that didn't feel like magic, but that looked as though it was real, actually more like live special effects. Then, uh, you know, about 10 years ago, 2001, 2002, the kind of glamour pop comes back again, everybody's doing big, huge things, Madonna and, and NSYNC, and it's like, okay, this is good. Now, I think, uh, you know, the music industry is again kind of looking around and figuring out who are we? And with that, uh, what I do has has it's become more challenging than ever because audiences are becoming very hip. They're becoming very savvy. They've seen everything. Um, and YouTube hasn't helped that either. So it's become a game of, of creating stuff that looks, that looks that looks super real, that's got a much higher credibility factor than it ever has been before. You know, some of that was also driven by, by Chris Angel. You know, Chris, who's been a friend of mine forever, he has created in many ways a genre that's uh, that's come back to bite us all in the ass, you know, because now the um, the the images, the images that he's done on television are so incredible, they become very difficult to compete with uh, when you're dealing in a real world environment. And yet that's what we all have to do. So I find myself back in the day, I was competing with only myself as you know as a magician and trying yes. to top the last thing I did. Now I'm competing with digital effects, and I'm competing with, with television effects, which, which were never intended to be on a live audience. However, those are the effects that, that people are, are now um, using as a base. That, that has become our standard. So it's in a, in a weird way, I now find myself having to realize things that all of us you know, believed to be impossible 10 years ago, but you have to because that's where the industry has gone. So that's, that's where I'm at. And I think what's left to do, at least what I find myself doing right now, is taking magic and, and really taking illusions as, as, as an art form as much as a craft and trying to apply them in such a way where they no longer look, how do I say, they no longer look like magic, but they look as though they are a super real effect and then almost taken for granted, if that makes any sense. You know, Absolutely. It's the same way that, you know, if you look at, I assume you and I are, are, are at a similar age, but if, if you look at guys in their teens, early 20s, they really have no reverence whatsoever for technology. It's just a given. You know, you've got kids that have grown up with, with digital technology where they don't think twice about the fact that, 
you know, they're, uh, you know, that they, they've got uh, video phones. That, I mean, it's George Jetson technology. So <laughs> that tech, you know, that tech doesn't mean anything anymore. And that magic has gone away. And where to you and I, uh, in, in 1990, for example, um, I was the first guy who did the teleportation of a, of a girl from Los Angeles to New York, and it was a big deal. You do that now, and people go, hmm, really, is that possible? Oh, yeah, I heard that the, uh, I heard the Australians are able to, uh, you know, take matter at a subatomic level and move it from one place to another. Maybe that's what's going on. And it's like, you go, oh, my gosh, where's it going, you know? Because uh, stuff that was impossible 10, 20 years ago now people write it off as being potential technology, and there's almost a disregard for it. So it's a weird game. It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird place we're playing in right now. You know, absolutely, constantly looking for something uh, not necessarily new, but uh, you know, un- unusual. It's yeah. I don't think there's anything. Unfortunately, I don't think there's a lot new. As we know, there's only what's what, seven or nine attacks of any new doctor. But I think it's figuring out how to take that and. And positioning it in such a way that it works for an audience that has come to literally write everything off as being possible through technology. Sure. You know, it's a you see the film Avatar, and there is there's a lot of stuff being written right now because there there is a faction of the American public that has that has become saddened over the fact that this world doesn't actually exist. You know <laughs> how weird is that? They've gone, there's a bunch of stuff written in, um, oh gosh, I forgot, was it Newsweek? One of the magazines here. Yeah. And uh, they, they, it's again a complete disregard for technology. Nobody even cares about that anymore. Now it's about the, the, the sociological effect of the film, and it's become so real where people no longer think about the technology. They, they just take that, you know, take it for granted. If Absolutely. you remember when, you know, you remember when uh, Jurassic Park came out. It was all about the dinosaurs. Oh my God! Did you see how we do the dinosaurs? Today, nobody cares anymore. You know, if, if you've got a dinosaur or a gorilla or you know a, a giant mushroom walking down the street, it doesn't matter anymore. Very much so, taken for granted. And yeah, and that's what we're competing with. You know, certainly that's what I'm competing with as a designer. You know. But I guess that's down to you uh, and, and people like yourself to, to bring, you know, those weird fantasy lands to reality, that sort of thing. Um, and, and well, well, at Blackpool, I can tell you, I'm bringing one container worth of stuff, so it's most of it is going to be driven uh, by cargo space. You know, it's going to be <laughs> how much can I slam into a 40 foot container? And and then at the same time, you know, what are you know what are my magician friends in Europe going to want to see? So. I found myself bringing a mix of magic that I wouldn't necessarily do for a lay audience. Well, that's but, just what we wanted but, to hear. That I'm, was going to be my next question, so that's, that's yeah. really exciting. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm bringing along stuff that I think I would have wanted to see if, you know, if I were in the audience watching me for the first time. So it's um, some of the stuff is... You know, has visual pops, but I think more than that, I'm bringing along some of my intellectual stuff. It's, uh, I think, you know, we all, I mean, we all kind of take this journey through life and and change as you know, as people, as who we are. And I think magic as an art form, you know, reflects who we are. And so, I've become less of a you know a guy with with long 1980s rock and roll hair and 
probably a bit more intellectual, and that has reflected in my magic as well. So uh, I'm going to be bringing the illusions that that I enjoy doing, that I've been doing for a while, a couple of new things as well. Um, but most of them, hopefully, will will at least make the audience think twice about. Wait a second, that's a method I haven't seen before. So, so I think I guess what I'm saying is I'm bringing stuff that that might be a little bit brainy more than usual, and hopefully a couple of things that leave them full something with That's what we want to hear, and uh, you know we really look forward to it. Um, we we really appreciate your time, and, and, and know you're a very busy guy. Um, I see you on Twitter. You, know, we're, I, you see, <laughs> I see. Oh, yeah, I see you on Twitter, Twitter all the time. Was the, that, that was the biggest mistake of my life. It's um, somebody, uh, a buddy of mine here said, "Oh, you got to do Twitter." So, so I tried it, and I got bombarded by by people tweeting me back. It was I kept it, you know, hooked to my cell phone. It was honest to God. Every five to eight minutes, I was getting a chirp, and it's like, oh, I couldn't handle it anymore. That's what happened. Now what I've got is. I, I've given it over to, you know, my 21-year-old assistant. You know, she lives for it. She deals with it. Anything good comes in, she screams and says, hey, here's somebody you want to talk to. But it, I, I, I don't get it. It became a full-time thing for me, you know. So, now, um, obviously, it, you're, it, you're coming here to, to sort of entertain and amaze uh, the Blackpool Magic Convention. Are and, you, and, of uh, course, I'm coming for the weather. I'm coming for the the delightful black weather. It, well, wrap up. That's why you've you've been you've been before, so you, you know to you know to bring a heavy coat this time. Yes. Uh, yeah. Are, are you planning I'm anything for the public? You know? Oh, well, absolutely, absolutely. Are you planning anything for yeah. the general public? You know, to amaze us. Uh, you know what? I, to be honest, I am, but I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about it. So, I'm not sure. I'll have to ask Derek and see what the deal here is. So, I we think love in a way, that. everything we do is for the public, really. But, but um. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to actually come in early to do to do something locally on location. But again, so much of what we do is, Top you know, it's, we're all in a position, we're, we're all in the business of, of creating hype, really, you know. And so I'd hate to tell you what I'm going to do and then, you know, blow the gang. But, no, no. but yep, I'll be there. We're going to do something outdoors and... Uh, you know, unless our, our camera equipment freezes, we, we should be all right. You know? <laughs> well, listen, thanks very much for your time. The pleasure is mine. We're actually working at a casino here in in Central California right now. And, you know, even though they've got a fantastic stage and showroom, there's no self-reception whatsoever. So I'm kind of amazed that we've lasted this long without my, it's without just my mobile about, phone taking a job. It's so. just about lasted the course. So, uh, once again, thanks very much for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, Franz Harari. He'll be headlining the Blackpool Magicians Convention, which runs from Friday the 19th to the 21st of February 2010. For loads more information, why don't you visit magicconventionguide.com. Thanks, Franz. The pleasure has been mine. And I've got to record this because your accent just sounds so great. It's going to be beautiful all over the website. You can follow all our live coverage of Blackpool on our site. And also don't forget our guide to Blackpool also on our site. You can find out more about this and other conventions on our website www.magicconventionguide.com.